Go in your Bibles to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. More reading than I usually do, but I'm certainly not apologizing for that. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting with verse number 6. Due diligence and due diligence. About a week and a half ago, God started dropping this in my spirit. And then, even a little bit more, uh, later on a few days, uh, I had to give uh, Teresa warning that uh, she needed to change what uh, my title was going to be. I thought it was just going to be on due diligence, but then I just really felt like that it's, there's more there than due, D-U-E, diligence. For those that watch or are listening on the CD, it's due diligence, D-U-E, diligence, and then there is D-O, diligence. And we'll see, uh, we'll see what this is. All right, starting in verse 6. Paul's swan song right here. These are some of the last words that this man will ever pen. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing." Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Say this with me. Do your diligence. Do your diligence. Very good. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed unto Thessalonica. Crescens to Galatia, and Titus unto Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Now, you've got to bear in mind, this is a man, but in the book of Romans... Uh, he lists well over 50 people. And by the time you count all the books that he wrote, he lists over 100 people that was with him in ministering the gospel. And now he comes down to the last days that he's ever going to be on this world. And there's only one person that's with him as he writes this, Dr. Luke. He says, take Mark and bring him with you for he is profitable to me for the ministry. At one time, John Mark had fell away from the ministry. I think his idea was he was going to be able to sell CDs and meet all the young girls after the service was over. But here Paul was getting thrown in prison, and he was going to have to be thrown in prison, and that's what he had bargained for. So what did John Mark do? He went back to his mom. And... Barnabas was his uncle, and Barnabas went to bat for John Mark and told Paul, you made a hasty decision because uh, Paul just basically wrote him off because of that. And uh, now Paul's saying, no, I'll change my mind. He is profitable for the ministry. Um, another man who I can't pronounce his name, uh, I've sent him to Ephesus, and he makes mention of his cloak that he had left at Troas, uh, when you come, bring that with you, the books, but especially the parchments. 
Alexander the coppersmith, he did me much evil. The Lord will reward him according to his works. And now, go in verse 21. Here he says this again. Do thy diligence to come before winter. First it was do thy diligence to get here, and now he's stipulating the time. Do your diligence to come before winter. Because the Mediterranean Sea will get to where no man, no man can pass that and cross that during the winter time, and you've got to get here before then. Because Paul knew that he soon was going to be executed. So there was, there was due diligence, D-U-E diligence, and there were due diligence, D-O diligence. Something needs to be done. That's true. That's due diligence. Something needs to be done right now. That's D-O diligence. Father, Take the words that we're going to speak here this day, and I am believing, God, that it's going to be beneficial to every person that's here. In Jesus' name, as you prepare their hearts to hear and receive, amen. Due diligence, D-U-E. He did the job right. Due diligence, D-O. He did the job right now. Due diligence is to get here. D.O. diligence is to get here right now, before winter. Your due diligence is to be a servant. Your D.O. diligence is to be a servant now. Being a servant is not an easy sell in America. Kids, you want your mom and dad, especially mom, to serve you. You need to do some serving as well. Amen. <laughs> Ask not what your country can do for you, but what can you do for your country? Could a presidential candidate get elected with that as his theme? Do you think so? I doubt it. Seems like presidential candidates get elected anymore on who can promise the most stuff. Who can be Santa Claus? Paul took Timothy under his wings. Paul was a mentor to Timothy. Paul went above and beyond to be a blessing to this man in the ministry. Paul did all of these things for Timothy. My question and what I wonder is, did Timothy make it there before winter? Did he do his due diligence? We don't know. The Bible doesn't say. Let me tell you some of the most anguishing words in all the Bible. No words to me fill with more pathos and grief as these words spoken by King David when his son Absalom rose up against him and then Absalom was killed in the conflict. Listen to David's words. Oh, my son, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, would God I had died for you. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son. And nobody's a bigger fan of David than I am. But let me tell you something. Absalom didn't need somebody to die for him. Absalom needed someone to love him. Absalom needed someone to guide him. 
Absalom needed someone to teach him. Absalom needed someone to train him. Absalom needed someone to just be the dad that he needed for his dad to be. Dads, don't wait to love on your kids. Winter will happen soon enough. Write the letter before winter. Write the email before winter. Tell your children you love them before winter. Tell your mom and your dad you love them before winter. I remember the last conversation I had with my dad. We was in the building that the modified youth used. We was in that building. We had had Leroy Blankenship at the church. I introduced my dad to Leroy after the service was over. They talked for a little while, and then I watched my dad as he exited the building. And as I was watching out of that east door, and I watched him get in his pickup truck and drive away. I didn't tell my dad that I loved him. The last conversation I had with my mom was about her Christmas gift. And I told her that her Christmas gift was getting up there, and she knew what that meant. Because every year I took all my change, and for the bulk of that, for the whole year, I put it in a, chain, in, a, in a jar, and at the end of the year, Christmas, that's what mom got. And that added up to, I don't know, three or four hundred dollars. One, one jar, one of those jars... That's like uh, Fred Mooney years ago, one of his brother-in-laws asked him about, hey, Fred, what about your portfolio? How's it doing? And Fred goes, I don't know. It's over there by the door in that jar. <laughs> so, boy, that's classic there. But I remember looking out that east door as my mom exited out of where we lived, and, I, and we talked about her gift that she was going to get, but I did not tell her that I loved her. One of the greatest things that we can be is, and if you heard me preach very often, you know what it's going to be, a servant. Moses, my servant, is dead. Not Moses, my lawgiver. Not Moses, one of the greatest men to ever live. God said, Moses, my servant, is dead. God remembered Abraham, his servant. God spoke through his servant, Elijah. Isaiah, my servant. Paul, my servant. And that list goes on and on and on and on and on. To serve is to help, to assist, to provide, to be available. Well, I just don't know how I can get hooked in at Orchardville Church and get plugged in. Let me show you how. We have nursery volunteers, OC Kids volunteers, Adventureland, Modified Youth, Sunday school teacher, all ages. Sunday school uh, uh, substitutes, girls of grace director, girls of grace volunteers, boys of strength director, boys of strength volunteers, live out loud, drama volunteers, department heads, the singles director, volunteer maintenance men, volunteer groundskeeper, funeral dinner volunteers, funeral dinner coordinators, food ministry volunteers, angel tree director, angel tree volunteers, CD ministry, uh, communion coordinators, prayer chain, card ministry, Camp Orchardville volunteers. I'm about halfway done. I just can't get plugged in. Really? Really? Being a servant here, 
Lighting tech, sound tech, video tech, computer tech, praise team singer, praise team musician, production manager, deacons, finance team, Bible study leaders, uh, flowers for funerals, altar workers, small group leaders and hosts, uh, kitchen coordinator, parking attendants, mission trip coordinators, uh, soda machine volunteers, uh, modified youth music directors, modified youth praise team, oasis volunteers, camera volunteers, vacation Bible school director, vacation Bible school volunteers, men's ministry, women's ministry, fireworks extravaganza volunteers, seeds of faith volunteers. I just don't know where to get plugged in at. The term, the very term deacon is the word servant. Deacon in the Greek translates to servant in English. And most churches, the idea of being a deacon is, I can't, I'm not boss at where I work, I'm not boss at home, so I'm going to be boss at church. <laughs> That's not biblical. It's not. And you take in most churches, the, to be a deacon, the only way to get rid of a deacon, I'm a deacon for life. Really? I'm a deacon for life. The only way you get rid of a deacon is to assassinate one. <laughs> and yet a pastor, we just get rid of him, just, well, well, you know, whatever. That's why in most churches, when you drive by on the sign, and it's got the word, the pastor, and his name, that is on a smaller sign that is hanging there by a little chain on each side that just flaps with the wind. And the subliminal message is we get rid of this guy anytime we want to get rid of this guy. But it's the being a servant. A servant. The deacon board really should be called the servant board. When man thinks of greatness, they always think of being served. And God, when he thinks of greatness, he always thinks of doing the serving. When man thinks of greatness, he thinks of commanding people. And when God thinks of greatness, he thinks of obeying. The greatest title of all is servant. He that is greatest among you will be your servant. Life is like tennis. He who serves well usually wins. Go in your Bibles to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew 23. <coughs> verse number 8. These are in red. These are said by the Lord himself. Do not be called rabbi. For one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are brethren. Call no man your father upon the earth. For one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither call anyone master, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Jesus said, don't call anyone rabbi. Well, you're just criticizing Jewish faith. No, I'm just reading what the Bible says here. 
Jesus said, don't call anyone father. Well, you're criticizing the Roman Catholics. No, I'm just reading what the Bible says here. Jesus said, don't call anyone master. Well, you're criticizing the Masons. No, I'm just reading what the Bible says right here. Why would God say these things? Because he knows any kind of elevated title like that will always lead to pride. I am, as your pastor, to be your servant. Most people got the idea of, oh, I'd, I'd really like to have my name on the CDs and my name in the, in the bulletin. All it means is you're a servant to people. That's right. You'll never see me board my uh, Cessna jet and fly off somewhere and have someone carrying an umbrella over me while I've got my bottle of water and they've got an umbrella and my Bible and my notes and are carrying an umbrella over me as I, heaven forbid, get rained on and able to get into my Cessna and fly away. Somehow I just don't think there's a servant. I think that person is being served. I had seen the actual picture. I'm not going to say who it was, but I've seen her. She got a big ministry over at St. Louis, and if you can't figure that out, well, you just can't figure that out. And I'm thinking, that don't just appear to be a servant to me. You're never going to walk down the aisles of this church and the hallways of this church and see my picture on the, uh, somebody come in and, and drew a big uh, 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 painting of me preaching or something. That's not going to happen. If you want to see pictures of me, you got to go to my study in my office back here to where all the kids in, the, in their Sunday school class have, have drawn me in their pic. That's what you see. And boy, I really look good in those. I really do. <laughs> it leads to pride. If a person is only looking for the title, this is what I've told people in the past. Boy, I'd sure like to preach at Orchardville Church. It'd be great to be a pastor uh, uh, like that. You know what the deal is? If a person, I've said this before to other people, if you're uh, 28 years old and you're making that statement, you're looking at it wrong. You need to look at what I was doing when I was 28 years old. And then if you're 30, you need to be looking at what I was doing when I was 30. And if you're 35, you need to be looking at what I was doing when I was 35. And when I was 28 and got here, I was pastoring in a basement that didn't have a restroom. It had the outhouse. I think it was a two-seater, <laughs> if I'm thinking right. Was it? Was it? A two-seater. That's, yeah, that's what I was doing at 28. And in the following year, we was building, we was building up, and I would come home from work, and I'd come up here, and I'd, they had a, a little cheeseburger place that's not there now, and you'd go, and I'd order a cheese, double cheeseburger with everything on it, and I'd eat that, and then I'd run back over here, and I'd work on, work on the building. 
See, my belief is if you're faithful with 12, God will give you 25. And if you're faithful with that 25, God will make sure you get 50. And if you're faithful with 50, God will give you 100. And if you're faithful being a servant to 100 people, God will give you 200. And on and on and on it goes, but it's not. I'm the big kahuna and the big cheese. No, 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 no. Uh-uh, uh-uh. We're to be a servant. And the Bible says the greatest among you is to be servant of all. I am boss. That's what people got in the idea. Well, if I could be pastor, I could be boss. I am boss to one person on this planet. And I know you're thinking K, but you're thinking all wrong. <laughs> I am boss to one person on this planet, Jaden Shell. My niece that lives with me. I'm not the boss of my boy. I tell you, that was a tough one for me. When they leave the house and you can't tell them what to do anymore, that's a tough one for me. I'm not the boss of my daughter. Yeah, see there? <laughs> I'm the boss of one person. And that's it. On this whole planet, I'm the boss of one person. So I got to make that count. The old man, he wanted the janitor job at the First Baptist Church, and he went in and applied, and uh, it looked like he was going to get it. He could do about anything and everything, and he, they asked him to fill out the thing, but he had to do some paperwork, and he said, well, I can't read or write. And the, well, the secretary said, well, wait a minute here. I don't know about this. I mean, we have a doctor so-and-so that pastors this church. That just may not look real good if our janitor can't even read or write. Uh, I'm going to have to talk to some people about this. She came back and says, we're, we're sorry, we're, that's not going to work. And the old man had, had a little rundown house. He had a bunch of acreage on it. And he thought, well, you know, I got to do something. And he had some apple trees. And he decided that he'd just start selling apples. And he started selling apples. And man, he got real good at this. And he marketed it real well. And more people were showing up, more people were showing up. He didn't trust banks. And he kept all of his money, Brad holed back somewhere. And his kids finally, after about three years, they said, Dad, you can't just hide your money somewhere. You got to go to the bank. And he, he agreed to it. And he went to the banker and he said, uh, I want to open up an account. And he goes, well, okay, how much money you got? I got $100,000 here. And he goes, well, you got to do this. And he pushed him to the paperwork, you know, open up an account. And you got to sign this. And the guy said, well, I can't read or write. And he goes, you've got $100,000? And you can't read or write? Where, where would you be at if you could read and write? He said, well, I'd be the janitor down at the First Baptist Church. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the greatest title in the world is not Pope. It's not pastor. It's not president. It's servant. Over and over and over, you see that term, that word mentioned in the Bible, Old Testament and New. The Ark of the Covenant was placed in a cart, which was never supposed to have happened. It was supposed to be carried on the, on the servant's shoulders, and yet one time it was placed in a cart, and that led to ruin. You know what a cart is? Boards and big wheels. 
The work of God is not supposed to be carried out by boards and big wheels. It's by the servants carrying the work of God on their shoulders. The only power I have in this church, it's not, you're going to do what I say and you're going to do it right now. The only power I have in this church is the power of influence. That's it. That's it. It ain't like this is a factory setting and where the boss said, this is what you're going to happen and it better happen now. No, the only power I've got is influence. And if I can't influence people, the church is going to go downhill in a real quick way. Influence. And there's going to be times that, yes, I get it wrong. But here's what you've got to know. That pastor, he may not be the most good-looking guy. He may not be the, the best uh, uh, speaking guy. But you know what I believe he is? I believe he's sincere. Amen. And yeah, I'm going to make some mistakes. But in the words of John Maxwell, when you make some mistakes, what you do, you take a few coins, some change out of your pocket. And then the times that you do hit it right, you're added change to your pocket. And as long as a pastor's got change in his pocket, I got a pocket knife. As long as you've got not literal change, but you've got uh, a change to where, yeah, there we got you got influence. We believe in you. We trust in you. I think things is going to go good. I ain't the boss of any of you, except Jaden. That's it. That's it. Logan Hackworth, he said, upon being a part of Orchardville Church and being on Orchardville Church staff, he said, I learned early on, if I walk into any room and there's a woman in the room, I know that she has the right to boss me around. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah. He said, somebody, if she's a woman and she's on staff, she's going to boss me around. Years ago, let me wind this up. Years and years ago, my dad had open heart surgery at St. John's Hospital at Springfield. There was two things that happened up there that's really affected me. Uh, one was, and I didn't find out about this until years later, I literally had forgot about this. A woman had got CDs from Salem, Illinois, and she, I had preached somewhere around Salem, and she went and heard me preach, and afterwards, she even had the CD that she'd been listening to, and she said, I want to thank you. And I'm thinking, yeah, the CD. She's talking, it wasn't talking about the CD. She said, and she mentioned the year, she said, my husband was in St. Uh, John's Hospital at Springfield the same time your dad was there. And, and she said, we're Christian people, but nobody could have been more depressed than what my husband was. 
And after you'd visited your dad, we was right across the hallway. And you walked across the hallway and, and visited with us. And she said, you didn't know who we was. But you prayed with my husband and said that meant the world to him. Well, I got that one right. But there was a great aunt of mine, Aunt Grace, that was in the hospital up there as well. And she wasn't just across the hall. She was on a different floor. And one of the days that I was there, I just really felt like that, Mark, you need to go visit Aunt Grace. Good Christian woman. I knew she was. You need to go visit her. I didn't do it. That was on a Saturday or a Sunday. The following day, or the, maybe it was on a Saturday, maybe it was two days later. But I was at work Monday morning. I worked in the corner of the building. I had an aunt that was a janitor of that building, one of the janitors. And she came up to me and said words that could knock me over with a feather. She said, Mark, I don't know if you've heard, but Aunt Grace died last night. She walked off, and I walked around behind the furnace where I painted parts and put them in an oven. Big doors on both ends, and I walked behind that. I just broke down. Because I did not do what I knew that God wanted me to do. And God has used that over and over in my life that when he speaks to me, I am to do that. There's due diligence, do it right. And there's D.O. diligence, do it right now. And over and over, God brought Aunt Grace to my mind down through the years when he's asked me to do something. Valerie Butte, a few years ago, asked me to see a man in Xenia. And nothing could have went better than the three times that I seen that man. And in that third time, him and Mary were both converted. And a few days after that, I preached Mr. Krauthammer or Mr. Crutzinger's funeral. I got there before winter. I did what God asked me to do, but there have been times I've certainly failed in that regard. Due diligence, do it. D.O. diligence, do it now. We are in constant need of people being servants. And chances are, most people that's here in this building right now, if you've weathered, if you've, if you've got out in the weather to be in this church service, you're a servant. Chances are you're serving somehow, somewhere in this building. And my hat's off to you. Thank you for that. But don't miss out when God speaks. Don't miss out. There's a reason that he spoke to me to minister to certain people. There's a reason that he'll speak to you to minister to certain people. By your heads, please. Lord, your great servant Paul said, I need you to get here. 
And then he said, I need you to get here before winter. Lord, help us not let opportunity slip through our fingers. But would you speak to our hearts about something? Give us that servant heart that's willing to do it and not to hedge or to wait, but just do what you ask us to do. Lord, I love this church, and you know that I do. God, I know that if every person here was a servant, what we could do for your kingdom. Lord, it's not about us just being served. There's a time for that. Lord, more times than not, there's a time for us being a servant. And Lord, that's not a certain age group. God, let that be birthed in the youngest person here. Let that be birthed in their heart, but they can be a servant. In Jesus, I pray. Amen. I heard John Osteen. What's the Osteen guy that preaches? What's his name? I heard his dad, Joe Osteen's dad, John, make the statement that when he was 10 years old, he would get his Christmas gifts. And he would walk up and down the neighborhood where he lived in Houston, Texas. And he would go to friends' houses that he knew didn't get anything. And he would give his gifts to his friends. And when he said that, I thought, God, you was calling, you was calling him as a boy, just as a boy. Because when that man was living, there was few people on this planet giving more to God's kingdom, giving more to help humankind than what that one pastor was doing. And he'd been doing it his whole life, servant. God's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what it's about. That's what it's about.
It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.